Tales from the Chair is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. Should you or a loved one require further assistance, please seek out a licensed professional. Welcome back to Tales from the Chair. I'm Carlos Cardenas. Let's have a go at it. Today's episode centers around a concept that I came up with a while ago and has gotten refined over time. I call it the infidelity bingo card. I came up with this concept after running into dozens upon hundreds of couples who have come in for either infidelity or any kind of malfeasance involving other people and the tendencies that tend to occur from these relational issues. Now, it is informal because this is through the experiences I've witnessed in my office. Some data will back up some of the things that I will bring up later on over the course of this episode, but for the most part, these are trends that I have seen during my time whenever people come in. Now, a few things before we start up. First off, the sister episode to this is going to be my dissolution bingo card, which unfortunately Oftentimes, when there is infidelity, what inevitably happens is a relationship concludes. As I mentioned in a previous episode, cheating does not always lead to dissolution. But nevertheless, we continue. I don't know where I'm going to post this, whether it's going to be on the website or on the Twitter. I'm probably going to put up the original note that I've been writing over time, including all the little kind of sidebars that I have noticed in the course of developing this. It's going to be up so you can follow along if you are a visual learner. This is obviously not a game of bingo. You do not have to actually make a line from section 1 to section 5 that has to make sense in order for actually cheating to go down. This is more of a ledger exercise to kind of highlight how many things are evident, and basically for, unfortunately, victims in these kind of scenarios to recognize how many coincidences, how many curiosities have to be present before you say, wait a minute, this is too much. This is a topic that is very interesting to many people, as evidenced by the fact that my number one episode in my podcast up until this point is how to get away with cheating. So maybe in a cynical way, this is also a way for cheaters to cover their tracks, or at least these are arenas that they already cover their tracks on. I would like to point out, I will probably be peppering in different examples that I have run into to make sense of some of the things that I bring up. One last thing before we engage in this. Ideally, the purpose of the infidelity bingo card is not to incite paranoia in either the person who is being cheated or to cover the tracks of the person who is cheating. I like the analogy that someone gave me once upon a time with regards to a similar situation. A sailor who is trustworthy and knowledgeable should still be wearing a life vest. This is not about being distrustful. It's about preventing negligence and about looking out for mistakes. To make sense of the infidelity bingo card, you have to understand the five categories that are broken down in this exercise. The first category is the other one. Basically, who is 
the person that the cheater is cheating with. The second one is the source of the crime. The source of the crime is a version of the scene of the crime. Where and in what way is this creating a capacity for infidelity? The source of the crime usually has three categories that allow for it to be a great resource. The first one is benefit. It creates opportunity. Secondly, accessibility. Work, which is gonna be one of the things that come up, is a place where people tend to be in from 20 hours if you're part-time to 60 hours if you just dislike not working. And then finally, frequency, which is a version of accessibility, but some jobs or some places have the ability of being repeated with the same kind of people and resources, and it's happening more frequently than others. But that matters, and we'll go into it further when we get into it. Now, the scene of the crime is literally where the cheating is taking place. Are there rendezvous in a neutral site? Is it actually happening also at the source of the crime? So this is the place where the action actually takes place. The fourth category is the relationship status of the cheating. So basically, what way is the cheating happening? Is it a small short-term once in a lifetime scenario, or is it a prolonged developmental leading to the next thing scenario? And then lastly, red flags. This is a potpourri of issues that generally you will see in these kind of situations, but they don't fit into any of the boxes that pertain to the other categories that I brought up. Now we're gonna make the red flags the center of the bingo card. Again, this does not matter getting bingo. It should help with respect to getting perspective. Now, since we're putting red flags at the center, we should also talk about the middle square, the freebie square. And believe it or not, at the middle of all of these infidelic issues, in the middle of the bingo card, it is straight up the reduction of sex at home. I would like to highlight that Sex is not what rescues relationships, but the precipitous dip in intercourse is always present in all of these stories. So that is going to be the center square of the red flags category and of the bingo card. The next square on the top, if we're going and basing this off of what you see in the picture, is the reduction of communication, which almost got the center square, but there are actually a lot of situations where communication does not end or does not reduce in the couple. Actually, everything looks the same. So it happens very frequently, but not enough to be the crux of a lot of the infidelity that you see. In fact, it is arguable that more chatter tends to happen whenever there's infidelity going on. Talking with other people, talking with you, expressing issues more frequently. So it's not even less communication, that's the red flag. It actually sometimes is the presence of more conversation from a different angle that previously did not exist. Now below that, it is the curiosity of apps. We live in the future. Apps for dating, communication, and many different ways of engaging with other people exist. If your partner all of a sudden has WhatsApp 
on their phone when they didn't have it previously, that's awfully curious. If your teenage boyfriend is all of a sudden using Snapchat all the time and none of their conversations with friends ever are on the texting app, but it always takes place in Snapchat, which means that there is no evidence to show what they've been talking about, that is generally a red flag that is present. Furthermore, another red flag, if you go down another square, and if you skip the center square and you go down to the fourth one, it is that the person who is cheating, and even sometimes the person who's being cheated on, is busier, more work, more time at the gym, double shifts, overtime, they're less time at home. Whatever their routine was previously, all of a sudden has been jostled. And that's not to say that any kind of change that you experience in your relationship is a testament to infidelity, but this is a change that looks really off and wasn't signaled at leading into the future. And furthermore, in the case of, for example, busier times at work, doesn't have an endpoint. It's usually an escalation of busyness without an expiration. Lastly, the last red flag in this category is that someone is being mentioned a lot. All of a sudden, your partner is talking about Tony a lot more. Tony this and Tony that. Text with Tony. Tony's being messaged at one o'clock. Or they're engaging in a lot of outings with Nancy. And Nancy has been present in a lot of the things that you've been doing together when Nancy used to not be there anymore. Oh, Jonas has broken up with his wife and all of a sudden you want to go out drinking with Jonas more frequently. That's awfully curious. Your out-of-state friend, who you've barely ever mentioned, is now in town and you feel it requisite to go and see them. So you start noticing an uptick in different people that are coming out of the woodwork, and that is usually an indicator. So now that we got the center square taken care of, let's start on the left side of the bingo card. We're gonna start with the other one category. Basically, who is the cause of the malfeasance, or who's on the other side of it? Sometimes the other person is not the cause, but I digress. Square one goes to business partners and coworkers. This is an obvious one, right? They have access to your partner 20 to 60 hours a week. Sometimes they're texting after work. Sometimes there's out of work functions, business trips occur. So this is usually one of the easy access people that tend to be the other one. Second, below that are gym pals. The people that when your partner is going to the gym, they're with oftentimes. Now you can talk about from a cynical standpoint, why this is an eligible candidate. Uh, the heightened pheromones of being in the gym, the scantily clad or exposed clothes that either males or females wear at the gym and the intensity by which the gym emanates and creates the opportunity for connections. So that is the second category that tends to be a culprit. The third category, center square, is the new quote-unquote friend the person who has appeared out of nowhere that all of a sudden is a staple in your partner's life, or the old friend who's always kind of been in the background, but all of a sudden is kind of rounding the corner. The friend that is from another state, as I've seen very often, who comes down to kind of visit the city, but doesn't come to see you guys as a family together. No, no, no. They meet up for coffee. They meet up for dinner. They go out to a site together. And 
This is usually another source because of familiarity or, as we'll talk about later, accessibility. Now, fourth category is a mixed for younger people or older people, the schoolmate or family member of a friend. So with schoolmates, this one's an easy one for anyone who is in high school, college, or any kind of learning environment. Once again, kind of like a coworker, you're around these people for hours at a time, which means you get to know them for a very prolonged amount of time. They've got accessibility. Usually people do things together after school in order to just continue the fun or at least to curb and check down. The family of friends is a kind of wrinkle that a lot of people don't think about, but actually acts as a reason for a lot of infidelity. You usually see a situation where an old time friend has a sister, a cousin, a brother who they've known since whatever, a much younger age. And this person always has been in the background, but they are basically an approved resource. One of the things that you'll see in a lot of cheating environments is that you either want to have someone who is very safe to connect with or someone who is safe in a you do not run into them anymore kind of way. With respect to the first one, safe is someone who you know what their deal is because other people can vouch for them. And so the family of friends actually becomes a quiet danger in a lot of homes because they are people that you run into but never really think about, but then have so much history that they become a force in future engagements. Now we're gonna hop on over to the source of the crime, the second category. The source, once again, is where is this stuff breeding, occurring, starting to rise up? And square one, number one, as we addressed earlier, is work. So this is a nice kind of sister to the business partner, co-worker, other person. Because both of them usually will run into each other. Again, there's accessibility, there's frequency, there are benefits to having this person in this environment. So work is a place that usually these things will happen. The second place is the gym. Again, this one runs parallel to the gym pal person that tends to occur. So the gym is a place where most couples do not go together to do their exercise. So in that level of separation and with different people present, the gym becomes a place where you tend to see cheating foster itself. The third place is, well, where do people go to hook up? Clubs, bars, different sites that are designed for the connection of people. And usually you will see this, and we'll get into this later on, occur when a person is out of town or when they're hosting someone from out of town or there's a special event like a bachelor party or bachelorette party or an anniversary or something like that. This is usually a site because it's designed for hooking up. So that's the third one. Below the center square is a friends or family house. Again, running parallel to friends of family or people that you are historically familiar with because that is where these people are present in the background often and other people can approve of what's going on because they think that you guys are perfectly fine together. So that 
is the Foursquare. And rounding out the Source arena, it is School. The reason why I separated this from the family setting, the home setting, is because both of them can run independent to one another. School can be either for, in the case of most adults, the kids that you have, that school, parties, events that occur through the school, you know other parents that are in your kid's classroom, so the school being a resource for other people, or school for yourself. Teenagers, their schoolmates, collegiates with their peers. So that is the square. Now we head on to where infidelity occurs, the scene of the crime. The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because it is, again, kind of a way of looking at this with a familiarity that might raise certain flags. So the first square is in the car. For better or for worse, that is where most quick interactions for infidelity will occur. It allows for mobility, it allows for distance to be created, so the car is an obvious first choice for infidelity occurring. The second slot is the home. The home is a dangerous place to do it, but it is accessible, and people will use the home when someone is off at work, off on a trip, off in a different place, and if they are oh so bold, will use it in order to engage in infidelity. Now, the home itself doesn't usually have to be your home. It could be the other person's home. If you have a situation where you're a family person, and much like I've seen plenty of times, and you're engaging in an affair with a 20-some-year-old partner, their home probably doesn't have anybody except maybe a roommate. So it becomes a perfect candidate for where infidelity is going to occur. Easy and obvious, right? The third site is the generic one we see in movies all the time, the hotel motel. Pay a little money, you have your own space, you could be there for half a day, you could integrate it into a business trip. So that is usually where people will go to cheat in order to keep in a different space without alerting some of the familiar places. And you can integrate that into, again, a business trip, something to deal with work, something to deal with a personal trip. It becomes a perfect hub. Below that, the goodwill vacation or business trip. Basically, anywhere but your local county. Now, let me tell you about a goodwill vacation that I was talking about in this situation. I once knew someone who was a firefighter who, whenever it was that they needed to sow their oats, so to speak, they would go on a trip down to South America because there's a lot of goodwill missions for firefighters to go to South America, provide supplies, create infrastructure, create trainings. And while you are lauded as basically a hero, even though you're getting paid for doing your service but in a different site, you have the opportunity to leave for an extended amount of time and basically be unaccounted for. Because not only are you around people who would probably keep hush-hush on what you're doing, but also no one's going to question what your activities were because usually it was based on goodwill. So this person would go down to South America and they would hire prostitutes while they were down there. No trail, no privacy concerns, 
They would meet with these people, engage in their actions, suspend it, and then come back home, a hero that was helping a small pueblo with their issues. This is the same deal with business trips. You can meet with people, you could connect with people that you already know, be in a different space, do whatever it is you plead, and be unaccounted for for a prolonged amount of time, and no one knows the wiser. The fourth category. The last category is their home. Now, the reason why I separated this from the original home category, even though I said that both were included, is because generally it's going to take place in the space of the other person in most situations, especially if the other person is single or if they are recently divorced or if they're in a space that doesn't belong to them. I used to work with someone who was down in Miami for about four months at a time so they would have a rented house while they were down here and then when their tenure was over, they would return back home after they were done and that became the hub of their infidelic actions. So that is separate even though it could have also doubled down in the original person's home category. Now we enter into the last set on the bingo board. This is the relationship status of the infidelity. This is basically a hierarchical ranking of what kind of relationships happen in infidelity. Now, this is one of those things that could quickly check mark on multiple boxes, not only from the evolution of relationships, but also if more than one is happening at once, which happens kind of frequently. As I pointed out in a previous episode, infidelity does not ha happen on a singular level. It happens with multiple partners at the same time, about 19% of the time. So bear that in mind. So first square goes to the one night stand. No need for an explanation on this one. They go, they do their thing, don't see the person ever again. Really good on business trips, happens sometimes when you go out to the club and whatnot. There are many different places where a one night stand can occur with many different kinds of people. Second category goes to the sex buddy, the emotional affair category. Long and short of it, this is bundled as on the one hand, people who are engaging in infidelity just for the sake of sex, but have no connection outside of it. They get together, they do their thing, they go about their separate ways and maybe reconnect on the monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly, whatever it may be, or emotional affairs, where someone is connected to another and engage in a lot of texting and discussing and things that happen without any kind of physicality. This is arguably what a lot of people fall into first before they get into a sexual infidelic relationship, where a lot of tense conversations occur leading up to something and they are providing attention to the cheater and it's creating a level of tension and buildup that as i said earlier eventually leads into some kind of malfeasance we go on to the next square which is the replacement or better said the upgrade sadly this is the one that you'll see on media very often where someone who is married to their 40 some year old wife then starts getting together with a 25-year-old. And slowly their relationship develops where eventually the person leaves the 40-some-year-old wife for the 20-some-year-old mistress, i.e. girlfriend, 
eventually wife. This sadly happens very often, and this usually will be present when the relationship is happening frequently over time. Now, below that is the cancer. Now, this is not a person who is a replacement. This is a person who makes themselves a replacement. So you usually see this with infidelity where it's almost one-sided, but the cheater is almost the passive party in it. So I once had a relationship that came in where the cheater was in a six-year-long on-and-off-again relationship with a mistress where that person would somehow make their way into this person's life via work or via friends and would constantly be seeking out the cheater's attention. And the cheater, to the best of their abilities, tried to keep them at bay. But every so often, as they always like to tell me in quote of the Bible, <laughs> the mind wanders even though the body wants. I'm fairly certain that he butchered the biblical verse, but also was using it as an excuse, not in the way that the Bible wanted it to be used. But the cancer is a situation where the cheater might not even want to be in a relationship with this person, but the other one is making it so evident that they're going to be a part of this and gain and win the relationship that actually they just keep on coming to the point where they'll even sabotage their own affair and go and tell the wife, as in the story that I mentioned earlier, to try to create a breakup in order to lead to an open channel to getting with the person that they have been seeking. Unfortunately for the cancer, what tends to happen is the cheater breaks away from him and either stays with the original partner or just simply is single and moves on from there. What's funny is, is that the cancer scenario actually tends to be one of the reasons why victims of cheating stay because they like to convince themselves that that's what's going on and if the cheater can just be righted then the relationship can go back to normal. Lastly, the category on the bottom or the square on the bottom is what I refer to as the prospect. I once worked with someone who was engaging in an affair with someone who was 25 years old and the source in which they were engaging in this affair was the gym. Now here's the interesting thing. This prospect never stood a chance. The cheater just simply was enjoying the fact that he was having victory laps with a 25-year-old. And even though she wanted so much from him, he took advantage of this and simply enjoyed the ability to summon her whenever it is that he pleased. He was not intending on getting with her. He just simply wanted to partake with someone who was familiar, so basically someone more developed than a one-night stand, but not get so involved to the point where they're turning them into a replacement or actually having an emotional affair. Frankly, this is a scenario where the cheater is actually a monster because he's emotionally scarring two people. But that is what the prospect is. And with that, that's the infidelity bingo card. I want to share two things before I let you go today. First off, yes, I have had people who have actually achieved full bingo. No, not going left to right in categories up or down in the categories diagonal. All 25 slots achieved with either one, two, or three partners. How, you ask me? 
well, maybe that's a story for another day. But the second thing is, I have come to find that probably eight squares is the danger point for people, where infidelity is either almost surely occurring, or it is very much a very problematic relationship that is teetering on the edge of disaster. So eight appears to be the magic number. And with that, I hope you found this interesting and somewhat useful. It's an unfortunate thing for infidelity to occur, and it happens so frequently in this world, and hopefully this episode can give you a good barometer of some of the things that tend to occur and some of the things to look out for. Because again, this is not to instill paranoia. This is to prevent negligence and talk with your partner in order to see how you can both work through things in order to not open the channel to problems happening between you. And with that, we close up for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at SomeTalesFrom. You can email us at SomeTalesFromTheChair at gmail.com. Feel free to like and subscribe this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, the rest. And with that, take care out there.